Hello, hello. I'm Jessica, and this is the How I Met Myself podcast, a show where we talk about the journey of self-discovery and finding your purpose in life. After years of feeling stuck, I finally found clarity around my purpose. Now, I'm going after my dream, sharing my story here, and bringing you conversations with healers and spiritual teachers to help inspire and guide you to your purpose. Join me and start building the life you're meant to live. Hello, hello, and welcome to the How I Met Myself podcast. I'm Jessica, your host, and I am so happy to be with you today. I just returned from my son and daughter's school. I was there this morning doing a bit of volunteering for Valentine's Day, which is this week. And first I was with my son's class and then I did a an activity with my daughter's class. We did a, an art project. I brought in these cute heart-shaped frames, picture frames that they all got to decorate with markers and stickers and then we're putting their school photos in them for them to give to their parents. And it was just a really sweet morning, honestly, getting to spend time with these little ones. And I feel so fortunate that I have the flexibility to do that and to be able to volunteer and and be with their class and and with them in these special moments. And actually, with it being Valentine's Day this week, I decided that I wanted to do an episode that is not about the holiday, but about connection and heart opening. I know Valentine's Day is one of the most disliked holidays, and I completely get it. It's been over-commercialized. Restaurants use it as an opportunity to just really increase their margins through overpriced fixed-price menus, and it also just puts a lot of pressure on couples to express their love through a grand gesture that doesn't really feel authentic. So I understand if you're very much anti-Valentine's Day. My husband and I long ago stopped going out on Valentine's Day, but we do usually at least acknowledge the holiday by cooking a special meal at home. And we might exchange chocolates or he'll get me flowers, but we are certainly not exchanging gifts beyond that. But I will say, like, now that I'm a parent, I think that this holiday has taken on new meaning. It's just a really sweet way to show your kids some extra love. And, you know, they bring in Valentines to their classmates. And so it really is an opportunity for them to learn how to express how they feel about their friends and to just teach them about connection. That's really what we've been trying to focus on with them. And it it just kind of took me back to like first principles of Valentine's Day, which is is really about expressing your love, being able to feel love, being able to receive it, and just finding opportunities to connect. So I'm not here today to tell you how or whether to celebrate, 
But I do think that Valentine's Day can be a good opportunity to recommit and refocus in our relationships, to make a conscious effort to connect and to open our hearts. I know as a parent, it's so hard to really stay connected to my partner. And I think that that's something that all parents can relate to. You're so focused on your children and you're just trying to survive in many ways. And there's not a lot of time left for you to really connect with your partner. And so I think that that's one of the hardest parts of the transition into parenthood is just kind of mourning the loss of the relationship that you used to have with your partner. And I'm now almost five years into motherhood. And so my husband and I have found a new way of being in relationship. It's definitely not the same as it used to be, but there is actually a depth there that that didn't used to be there that I think has come with creating a family together and just navigating the challenges of parenthood together. So there are blessings that have come from that as well. And it takes time. You know, if you're a new parent, I think that the first year is just so hard on the relationship. And then you start to find a rhythm. And so just kind of remembering that, reminding yourself that it's temporary and that you will find your way and it won't be the same as before, but it it could actually be something more beautiful. So today I'm going to start by talking about connection. What does it take to really feel connected to your partner? And as I said, especially if you're a parent, you really have to make an effort to carve out time just for you and your partner. It doesn't have to be a full-blown date night, though those are wonderful. But what I usually tell parents is it's more important to create many moments of connection throughout the week rather than putting all of your eggs in one basket for a date night, which could end up getting canceled because one of your kids gets sick or your babysitter falls through or you're just too tired to go out. So rather than focusing entirely on date nights, how can you create these many moments of connection during the week, throughout your day, that just help you feel that love and that connection to your partner. I'm going to share some of the ways that my husband and I have been able to do this, and we are very much a work in progress. We have so much work to do here, but we have established a few ways of connecting that have been really wonderful for our relationship. So the first one is we've really focused a lot of our time for connecting on the daytime rather than nighttime. I think for us, 
come nighttime, we're just frankly exhausted and we don't have that much capacity by the end of the day to really connect. Of course, we still go out and do date nights, but what we've found is that a daytime date is actually oftentimes more meaningful. And so we will just take a walk together or do a hike. We happen to live in a neighborhood where we have access to hiking trails very close by. So we'll do that. We also really like to meditate together. For a long time, we were actually going to a meditation studio and doing it in person. My husband loves a sound bath, as do I. And so we would go there and and just, it sounds silly because yes, you're lying down with your eyes closed. You're not talking, you're not even looking at each other, but there is something really special maybe on an energetic level about meditating together. And we've often done that at home as well. We will put a guided meditation on on our phone while lying in bed at night and we'll just meditate together. And that's been another great way for us to really kind of just find our connection to our hearts again. I think when you're meditating, it's really a chance to open your heart. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about heart opening in a, in a few minutes, but it's it's a way to do that. And so when your heart is open and you're lying next to your loved one, you do feel a sense of connection that you maybe wouldn't feel otherwise. The other thing that I have loved doing is we have a ritual around tea. So I have been drinking tea for a long time. I always have a cup of tea before I go to bed. It's just part of my nighttime ritual. And my husband recently also got into tea. And so we have this ritual together where every night after we put our kids to bed, we come back downstairs, we make a cup of tea together. Sometimes we bring it up to our room and and drink it in bed while we're chatting while we're having, you know, reading a book or watching a show. Um, But other times we'll stay downstairs and just sit on our couch or at our kitchen counter and, and drink our tea together and catch up. So that's been another really great way to connect. So I just, I want to ask you, what ritual can you bring into your relationship that you can do as a couple. Maybe for for you it's not tea, but it's something else. You have to find what works for you. But when it becomes something that's ritualized, it's something that you really prioritize and you make time for. And when you don't do it, you really notice and you miss it. So I ask you to think about that and maybe just start to brainstorm with your partner about what you can do that will help you connect and to really prioritize that moment of connection. I think there's other ways you can do this throughout your day as well, just even sending a quick text, sending each other a funny meme that you came across, just anything you can do to stay connected throughout your day is so helpful because I know that 
especially with kids, the moment your kids are home from school or you're back on parent duty, you are you're just in a different energy and it's harder to find those moments to connect. A good exercise to try as well is to really define for yourself what it feels like to be connected to your partner. Because for everyone, that is going to look a little differently. So you can journal about this on your own and then maybe talk to your partner about it and find out how he or she feels when when he or she feels connected to you. And then from there, you can start to figure out like what are the activities that you can do together that help you have that feeling. Everyone's lives are so busy and hectic, especially if you're a parent. And so not only can it be hard to find the time to connect, but sometimes we just get into kind of a rut with our our partner. We end up butting heads more than we're loving on each other. And so I also wanted to just share a few of the things that have really helped my partner and I to have a better relationship. And again, we're definitely not the model relationship by any means. We are still growing and evolving all the time. But the things that have really helped us are there's there's three things I would say. One is we actually started doing this practice a while back and we've kind of stopped. I think we just it just faded out, but we really need to bring it back because it was working really well. But what we would do is at the end of the day, we would do a review of the day and we would actually go in reverse. So we would start with the most recent occurrence and then work our way backwards to the very beginning of the day. And the reason we did it that way is because you can actually start to see the relationship of cause and effect between things that happened earlier in the day and how they actually led to things that happened later in the day. So for example, maybe something didn't go very well toward the end of the day. Well, we could trace it back. If we start moving backwards in our day, we could trace it back to an interaction that wasn't so pleasant earlier in the day. So you start to see how everything that you're doing, all of your interactions, all of your communication, all of the your thoughts that you're having are really creating the outcome for the rest of the day. Then after we would do that, we would actually look ahead to the next day and we would just go through starting from the morning to the evening and we would talk about how we wanted the day to go. So there's obviously the things that need to happen, just the day-to-day logistics, but we would also talk about more in detail about like how we want their interactions to feel, if there's any, you know, laughter or fun that we can bring into our day. And when we did this, we noticed that 
the next day always went really well. It was like we truly were creating the future just by doing this exercise of talking through the ideal version of that day. Even if the day had a bunch of mundane appointments or activities, school, after school activities, it didn't matter. But if we talked about how we would want it to go and actually like how it would feel, we would have a better outcome for that day. So that may be something that you want to try to incorporate in your relationship. The other thing that I think is so important, and this is probably the most important thing too as parents, is to really be comfortable vocalizing your needs and honoring each other's needs and really valuing each other's time equally. If you are a stay-at-home mom, for example, and your husband works, there is often a dynamic that is common where the mother's time is not valued as highly as the working parent's time. And this leads to a lot of resentment because the mom is not getting her needs her needs met. She's not getting as much time for herself. She's not able to carve out the time that she needs to make herself feel whole. And so it's so important, particularly in those situations, for the woman to really get comfortable finding her voice and using it to express to her partner what it is that she needs and asking for his support in really honoring her needs and how can he help pick up some of the slack while she goes and does what she needs to do to care for herself and to invest in her own self. That is so important as a parent. We cannot just be entirely focused on our roles as parents. We will just completely lose it. It's it's not healthy for our mental health and we deserve more. So really making sure that you're having these conversations with your partner and finding a way where you guys can work something out together so that you're getting your needs met and that your time is valued equally. This will really help you to avoid any buildup of resentment and you'll just be a happier, more joyful person because you are getting the time that you need to focus on yourself. The third one is really getting good at repair. This is something that you hear a lot about as a parent with your children. When you lose it on your children because, you know, you're just, you're at the end of your rope and they're not listening and they're tantruming or whatever it is, you're exhausted and you just, you lose it. We all do it. It's totally normal, but we're 
taught to repair that with our children, to come back to them afterwards and say, you know, mommy got really upset and I'm sorry I I yelled at you. And to just have that moment to reconnect and to create a different ending for that story. The same is true in your relationship with your partner. If you and your partner have a negative interaction, get really good at repairing it. Don't just let it go without being talked about. And make sure that you're taking responsibility for your actions and not just rehashing and having the same exact interaction that's just going to end in the same negative way. Hopefully by this point you've had some time to regulate your nervous system, you've had some time to think about it, and then you can come back, do the repair, and have that moment of connection. Because when we make up, that is what sets us up for more of those really special moments of connection that keep our relationships thriving. These are just a few of my tips, things that have worked well for my husband and me. And you really have to find what works for you. I also always recommend working with a professional to really invest in your relationship. I had the wonderful Leanne Lopinto on the podcast several episodes ago. It was episode 29. She is a therapist, a relationship coach, and breathwork teacher. And she is really focused on helping couples have what she calls conscious relationships. And we had a really wonderful conversation about attachment style, about shadow work, about breaking patterns, and really healing with your partner. She views relationships as a vehicle for personal growth. And if you are wanting to really take your relationship to the next level, or if you have unresolved conflict with your partner that you want to work through, I definitely recommend going to see a professional and working together to address some of those issues. It's something that is worth doing not at the point when things are have gotten so bad that you're at a breaking point, but actually proactively. I think that that is really the future of relationships is making that investment ahead of time so that you can get ahead of any big issues that might arise as you're navigating life together, especially if you're a parent. And I know it's hard to carve out time for an appointment with a therapist when you are a parent, but I promise you it's something that you will thank yourself for doing if you do make that commitment. I want to switch gears now and talk a little bit about heart opening. This is something that has been really central to a lot of the healing work that I have been doing over the last year or two. So what do I mean by heart opening? The heart chakra lies at the center of your chest. 
It is represented by the color green and it is a very powerful chakra that often can become blocked. For many reasons, we create heart walls that prevent us from giving and or receiving love. It might be from a childhood experience where you did not receive love from your parents and you felt a sense of abandonment. And so to protect yourself from getting hurt, you built a wall around your heart. And if you still have unresolved trauma from that experience, chances are that wall is still standing. You might also have built a heart wall after a bad breakup or after a partner betrayed you in some way, perhaps from an affair or through a form of abuse. Some of us inherit a blockage in the heart from our ancestry. If we have mothers or other ancestors who did not feel safe to express or receive love, this can actually get passed down through the lineage. Oftentimes, the fear of receiving love is actually inherited from the father and passed on to children. Blocks to receiving love manifest in the back of the heart, whereas blocks to giving love and opening up are in the front. These blockages can also manifest physically as tightness. You might feel like a tightness in the back of your heart if it's a block to receiving love. It can also manifest as anxiety, heart palpitations, and even more severely as heart attacks. Most of us at some point have been hurt by a loved one, and the wound left behind manifests as a heart wall. Heart walls need to be processed and dissolved or else they will continue to hold us back in relationships, not only with others, but also in the relationship that we have with ourselves. So for me, a lot of the healing work that I've done has been around trying to dissolve my heart walls. I definitely had a lot of blockage there from my childhood I am the child of divorced parents. I lived most of my childhood across the country from my dad, who I only saw maybe once a year. So I certainly had a lot of pain related to, you know, not being able to really feel loved by him, even though I know that it was it was challenging and he was there was physical distance there and there was just a lot of a lot at play with the dynamic between my mom and dad. And so, you know, I've come to a place of forgiveness with him, but that forgiveness didn't totally dissolve the heart wall. So there's there's more there for me to, to really work through and to process. And I also have a heart wall related to the mother wound. And that one is for, for different reasons. I also, I think, have a heart wall from relationships that I've had, romantic relationships, even going back to like my first love, my high school boyfriend, you know, I can still remember the heartbreak that I felt when he and I ended things and it just, 
I know that there was there was pain there that hasn't fully gotten released. And so a lot of the work that I have to do and, and continue to do, I've done a lot, but I've continued to do is about really trying to release that trauma. And then I have pain from the relationship that I have with my husband. You know, our relationship has not been perfect. Nobody's is. And so there's there's wounding there that I've I've had to continue to work through. And so I've really tried to focus my healing on heart opening. And so I want to talk a little bit about the ways that you can use certain modalities to assist with the releasing of these blocks in your heart. So one that I think is very accessible to everyone is through yoga. You know, there are a lot of poses that are heart openers. So if you think about a backbend, you're, you know, you're you're expanding your chest. You're very literally opening your heart that the center of your chest is 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 getting expanded when you're in that position. Even just putting your hands in that cactus position when you're standing that's another form of a heart opening. Anytime you're arching your back, you're opening your heart. So the way I like to approach this, and you can literally find a yoga class that is geared toward heart opening, but if you just are in a regular general yoga class, I think just putting a little more attention on those heart opening poses. And as you're doing them, just kind of say a mantra, I release this blockage, I am letting go of this trauma, this wounding, really be conscious about what you are processing as you're moving through these poses. And energetically, that is helping to release that trauma from your body. So that is one way that I definitely recommend. You can also do this in meditation. You can do a meditation that is really focused on the heart. And there's hundreds, if not thousands of them on the various meditation apps like Insight Timer, Calm, Headspace. You can find it on YouTube. And these really focus on that heart chakra. So you're you'll be guided through a meditation that is helping you to really tune into your heart and and try to help you dissolve some of those heart walls. There are a couple other simple rituals that you can do. One is to take a bath using an a rose essential oil. So you just would drop a few drops of the rose oil into your bath. You could also gather up some rose petals if you want to get fancy, and it's just a nice way to help you to open your heart. We don't often think about how scent is so powerful in actually creating a a reaction in our bodies, but actually it does, and so that's another great way. There is also a product that I want to recommend, and it is the Alexis Smart Flower Remedies. I'll put this in the show notes, but she has a bunch of these uh, flower remedies. There's one called Wholehearted, 
and it is actually something that you take it's a tincture you take it orally and again it's just a couple of drops and very surprisingly it it really does work it, it helps you to open your heart the other thing i've noticed is as i've really focused on opening my heart i have found signs from the universe that are coming to me as I just move throughout my day. So one of those signs is the hummingbird and the hummingbird is often associated with love. And I I just have, I noticed when I was doing a lot of heart opening healing work, I would do a session and then I'd go for a walk outside and a hummingbird would be hovering around me. This is heart medicine, and it was coming to me in the form of this bird through nature. And so I think if you do start to do this kind of work, I guarantee that you will notice some of these signs that are just like an extra dose of heart medicine that the universe is sending to you. It's really a beautiful thing. In my work with clients, I can help them do heart opening through intuitive healing, which is an energetic practice, and we can really get into the deeper layers of the heart. We can process through those emotions that have gotten stuck in that chakra, in that area, and we can start to dislodge it and move it through the body. And then I'm saving the best for last to me the the most powerful heart opener is actually breath work my breath work teacher david elliott he says that really the only goal the primary goal with breath work is to open the heart and it really is such a powerful modality and one of the reasons that i love it is because it really puts the power of healing into the person who is actually doing the breathing you are the one controlling your own healing no one's doing anything for you yes you're being guided but you are using your own breath to release these emotions to process these stuck energies and to get them out of your body and a lot of people will notice that their hands tend to cramp up during a breathwork session if they have a lot of blockage in their heart and the reason for this is that your the channels in your your hands are are connected to your heart and as you practice more that symptom will go away you will notice that you start to breathe and your hands no longer cramp up this happened to me my husband and I actually did a couples breathwork session. We've we've done breathwork in classes before, but we did a private with Erin Telford, who's also one of my teachers, and she is a facilitator of uh, David Elliott's breathwork training course. And she led us through a couples session, and I can remember my hands were just cramping up so badly, and she gave me these crystals to hold and as I kept breathing through it my heart began to open and my hands could relax and the cramping went away so it's it's a very powerful modality and 
something that I would really recommend that you can do either on your own or with your partner. If you can find a class to go to together or do a private, which is what I do, uh, what I lead now because I've been certified, it's it's a really special way to connect and heal with your partner. On a physical level, what's actually happening during a breathwork session is that you are changing the CO2 level in the blood. You're stimulating the hypothalamus gland and then that releases endorphins, which carry a very high vibration. And through the release of these endorphins, it actually allows the brain to calm down. So we get the mind to move out of the way so that we can open the heart. So much of the time when our heart is blocked, our thinking brain is in the driver's seat. It's taking over. It's thinking about all of the pain that we've experienced in our lives. It's thinking about the breakups that we've had. And that is putting us into a state of fear, which only serves to continue to keep the heart closed. So that's why a practice like breath work as well as meditation can really help to get the mind to move out of the way so that we can actually start to peel back the layers and open the heart. When we think about the heart and the way it functions, we're thinking about it as exchanging love with another person, giving and receiving love. And this is true. The heart is the gateway through which we exchange love. But at the foundation, the heart is really a well of the love that we feel for ourselves. Without self-love, you will feel lost and you will be continually looking outside of yourself for someone or something to fill you up, to fix you. And that might satisfy you for a period of time, but it will always fail to serve you in the long run because it is self-love that you need in order to exchange with the universe. Self-love is the currency of the universe. Let me clarify what I mean by this. Self-love creates a positive energetic exchange with others and it enables you to connect with the universe in a way that brings you joy, brings you happiness, brings you fulfillment, success, health, well-being. All of that is being generated from love that comes from within, self-love. So self-love really is the foundation for everything in your life, including your relationships and how you exchange love with others. When I started doing my healing work around heart opening, I really went into it with the intention of wanting to be able to feel love more easily, wanting to be able to receive love more easily. And 
what I found was that the side effect that was so beautiful was that I actually generated much more self-love. When I opened my heart, I opened myself to loving my true essence. And it is from that place that I can generate enough love, enough overflow to then be able to exchange love with others. Love is what connects us to ourselves. It's what connects us to others and to really everything in the universe. It is the currency of the universe and of connection, which is what we started this conversation talking about. So as you consider the ways that you want to connect with your partner on a day-to-day basis or for Valentine's Day, can you focus on opening your heart? Can you bring your attention to the love that you feel for yourself and set an intention to generate more of that self-love? Maybe you will incorporate some of the practices that I shared during this episode. I would really love to hear from you if you do incorporate any of these. And I would also just love to hear what your mini moments of connection look like and anything else that you're doing to open your heart, to release any blockages you feel. So you can share these with me on Instagram. It's at underscore how I met myself. I would really, truly love to hear from you. And I am sending you all so much love. And I will see you on the next one. Bye.